Welcome in. Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is Stoppage Time here on the Soccer Show. We're brought to you, as always, by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Ryan Chapman, back with Todd Lizavi. Toddy, it's been a minute since we yeah, were in the I same hate, place. I hated being in Colorado. It was not fun at all. I also hated Dallas, which is why uh, we, we had a little... Uh, the Soccer Show collectively took like a week of vacation yeah. together, combined. Yeah. You were an FC Dallas, and I was a Rapid. Yes, uh, <laughs> you were a Colorado Rapid, yeah, indeed, yeah, yeah. indeed. Hey, before we dive in, before we get going, Going. If you found us here, you obviously are sub to the podcast. Can you do us two things? Huge favor. First off, whether you're on Spotify or Apple, if you're enjoying this, could you leave it a rating? Five stars. Hopefully that helps us be more uh, available, be easily found in search. So it helps grow the show. And also... Tell a friend. Share us with a friend. If you've got friends that you're talking about soccer with, just do the old, hey, do you guys listen to podcasts? There are these two goons that work that, that do a show about soccer here in Oklahoma City. It helps us out because uh, we enjoy doing this, and we saw a fun spike during the World Cup. We've got another World Cup coming up this summer, and we want to be able to reach as many people as possible uh, as our women try and go defend a world title. Yeah, no doubt. I know that uh, you know, we you and I both know people who listen religiously and we obviously appreciate that. But uh we the soccer community is one that is pretty tight knit and yeah. it's a chance for you to kind of uh network with some other people, get to know some other people in the community and find out if you have uh similar interests when it comes to the beautiful game. And I find that there's a there's a phrase used in radio called TSL time spent listening yeah and I find that people who are really into soccer spend a lot of time on podcasts you're the same as me Ryan yeah I don't listen to one soccer podcast I listen to about 15 right right so just put us in your rotation yeah That's all ju- we're saying. just this morning I was listening to a Chelsea podcast I was also listening to men and blazers they're interviewing Becky Sauerbin uh, in the lead up to the World Cup pretty consistently it's one of their series um and that's just a Tuesday, Tuesday right, morning right. for me. So, uh, Todd, it's really unfortunate um, in the time that we've been off, nothing's really happened um, since you and I yeah, last talked not together. Thing. Not uh, a thing. Oh, we we did have uh, some second legs of Champions League semifinals. That I mean, they were pretty boring. I don't know if anyone wants to talk about those. And we had a a title decision in the Premier League that was also pretty boring. I, I don't I don't know what anybody's wanting to talk about here. Can I tell you the? Uh, I was in the office to get my passport. I don't know if I told you this or not. No. But uh, my significant other yeah. and I are going to the Dominican Republic. Cool. In August, so I got to get a passport. I've never yeah. been out. Of, I haven't been out of country since my senior trip when I went to Cancun. Right. And back then, you didn't need a passport to right. go to Mexico. So, got to get a passport. Sounds and, like you're uh, old. Is what you were trying to like, yeah, it is. There. It is what I'm saying. So you have to <laughs> you have to schedule this in advance. You have to schedule an appointment now to get your passport if they're going to take the photo and everything. And it's the easiest way to get it done. So she goes, "Yeah, I'll take care of scheduling it for you." And uh, she goes, "How's this? Is you know like in early, like maybe late April." Right. I got us a date, May 17th at 3.30 p.m. Oh, good. I go, that'll work. It's right before we leave for Colorado. Perfect. Perfect. Let's do it. And as it got closer and closer, she goes, hey, remember next Wednesday, 3.30. And I was like, no. (laughs) Right during the middle of the second half of the second leg. Now, the only fortunate thing for me is by the time we got in line, it was done and dusted. It was done and dusted. It It was was over. over. It was 100% over. I actually watched in the office the third and fourth goals we nice. scored, which was kind of cool. But um, just a dominant performance. I know you and Matt talked about it last week by City in the Champions League. And I think most people thought if they weren't going to win the treble, Real Madrid was going to be the slip-up. Yeah. And now that they are not just past Real Madrid, but 
easily past Real Madrid, like floating past them. Now it's hard to see them in the form that they're in not go on and win the treble, but it's a one-off match against Man United and against Inter. And, you know, I think, to be honest with you, I think Man United are the more likely to pull the upset of the two. I was about to ask. I, I know, and this is something that I went through, because Chelsea had, it's funny, Chelsea had a similar path to City as far as your uh, European dominance was elusive while there was plenty of trophies and silverware in England. And for Chelsea, it happened to be 2012. That was the last, it was like the last dance for that core. City, I, I don't think it's close to being a last dance, but it's this weird You've brought some new blood in. There is no Aguero, things like that. That right. it's turned over a little bit, but on on paper, I think Man United is a trickier fixture than Inter, no doubt. But with the anxiety that always comes with the Champions League, is that what maybe pulls that over? Is, is what you might be more nervous about? Just because you've won a bunch of FA Cups, if you don't win this one, it's fine. What's crazy is I think there are a lot of City fans who would say, would say to you, "You beat United to win the FA Cup." and you lose to enter and the season's a failure, which is wild to think yeah. that you would be one match away from winning a treble and the season's a failure. But especially that include, now... That includes being double winners, by the way. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly. And especially now with the draw shaking out the way it did with where it looked like on the other side of the bracket at eight in the quarterfinals that Napoli was the side that you had to worry about. And then for them to get knocked out by AC Milan, then enter Milan defeat AC... Like I don't, I don't think it's it's crazy to state it. I think right now the chances of winning City winning the treble are probably eighty to ninety percent, which is wild. The chances of of you know Arsenal beating Brighton and Nottingham Forest in back to back weeks is probably eighty ninety percent. I'm I'm saying that almost kind of flippantly. It seems right. that easy for City, but you know someone said this on a, one of the fifteen podcasts I listened to. Uh, you would have said 80-90% the City were going to beat Lyon in 2020, and they lost to him in the semifinals. You know, so yeah. that stuff happens in a one-off well, match. And, and this is why we love soccer so much, because... And the, hate it. And hate it, of course. <laughs> because it, it's very similar to... And I always draw the parallels between soccer and college football, because I think college football, there are more teams, which lets it be even more tribal than just everyone centering around 32 franchises but um like how is postseason constructed in basketball you've got to win four out of seven mm-hmm. baseball you have to win series things like that soccer it's a one-off football it's a one-off and they're two of the more random sports that we have football and soccer are not math equations as far as if i shoot x number of three pointers and i make this then boom if I get this number of guys on base, boom. Like they, it's about they, big plays. It's about big, big moments. moments yeah. And it's it's 11 people that have to work in concert. And that's what makes it so random. And so an inter, the way that they can defend, if Martinez happens to get a break and that breaks in the third minute and he converts, it changes the complete complexion of it as sure. opposed to if that sure. comes in the 88th minute. No, I think in both matches – against United and against Inter, it's going to be important that City start like they did against Real Madrid in the Champions League and 
and get out quick. And we're kind of burying the lead on this thing. Like, City did clinch the title over the weekend. Yeah. It was well, anticlimactic because Arsenal lost the title. Yeah. Losing and, to Nottingham Forest. And we'll also, I'll be out at Home Run Village for our portion uh, out at Marita Hines Field in Norman. But the soccer show on Saturday, 10 to 11, our normal time, we'll have two midweek matches on Wednesday and Thursday that we can recap. And then we'll be doing a lot of previewing the Sunday right. slate. It's the last day. Really, it's the relegation battle and then kind of a summation of this last couple of weeks of the season. So, Man City are champions. Arsenal lost to Forest. Um, but we'll dive into that really in the nitty-gritty on Saturday, I would imagine. Sure, sure, no doubt. It's um, It's been a fun weekend, I'll just say that. It's yeah. not been bad after the Real Madrid match to uh, kind of soak it in. And then, you know, I think in a way it's worth noting that Arsenal doing what they did on Saturday allowed City to get more rest yeah. as they lead up to those two matches. It looked they've like, got Brighton midweek, and they've got a match at the weekend. They don't really have to worry about either of them. Oh, it, it looked like uh, that Pep flip-flopped his substitutes with the starting 11 uh, as far as like, hey, this is what the game plan was going to be going into this Chelsea match if you had to win it. But when you knew you you had already won it, it was like, okay, everyone that was on the bench, congrats, you're now starting. Everyone that was starting right. saved three or four people, Akanji being one of those as he got the sub on the you hour You ever mark. watch uh, Guy's Grocery Games? Yes. When they get the ingredients, he's like, okay, now everybody switch. Yes. That's what they did. That's what they did. <laughs> everybody rocked, flipped. Pep rocked in and was like, hey, you get a start. Yeah. You get a start. Congrats. <laughs> it was uh, – one of the Chelsea podcasts, Simon Johnson, who covers Chelsea for the Athletic, he's like, that was big testimonial energy is what, yes, that, it was. Is what that game yes. was. So it'll be really interesting. Um, I'm intrigued to see you, – you have to feel one of these two games left for City will be the, hey, here's everyone that's on the fringes for the FA Cup final, the Champions League final, go and show out. And here's the 11 I think I want to roll with. Let me roll this out there one more time and just see how it looks. And I'll be interested to see which one of these two matches is which. Well, and it's crazy because there are guys who are, are fighting for a position right now that are both in form. Yeah. Like yeah. Riyad Mahrez and Bernardo Silva are both in form, and they play pretty much the same position right. when City line up. So to find out how you can utilize both of them, it's I mean, that's a really fun problem to have if you're Pep Guardiola, but that's what he's facing right now with a few different positions. Just not the same exact position, but you talk about an attack, three players in the attack, Kevin De Bruyne, Alvarez, Holland. All three of those guys have been like, yeah, you should put all those guys. Okay, so what do you do with Phil Foden, who's also been right, really, right. Who's playing really well? He's come in as like, a sub, and, and Alvarez. Of the five or six names we just mentioned, somebody's got to get yeah. left off. And, I mean, throwing Gundogan. How good yeah. has Gundogan yeah. been here down the stretch for Man City? So. It, it really does feel like the treble talk has happened before with Man City. It's happened before with Chelsea, you know, when we've gotten late in the season. This is the furthest it's gone. It's happened with Liverpool recently. Yeah. It's the furthest we've gone where there was a legit shot of it um, where you felt good about it. Even when Liverpool, I think they had a shot about this late a few years ago. Yeah. But you didn't feel very confident that they – like City are big-time favorites in every match that's left. It also – for a trophy, that yeah, is. Yeah, I think, recalling that Liverpool treble, it was also, like, fighting with City, and that may have been the year that it was maybe Chelsea in, like, the FA Cup yeah, that and was the, the Carabao Cup. That was the year that, yes. Yeah, yes. and so it was one of those things of, um, you know, nothing, it's Inter, stuff like that, but that was like a, Chelsea weren't holding pace in the league, but right. with what Tuchel's Chelsea had done with Pep and City, one of those things where you're like, 
I don't know, Tuchel, does he have that little bit yeah. of magic yeah. in these cup competitions that made it hinky? And then if I'm not mistaken, it was Real Madrid that year in the final yeah. as well. Not yeah. not an inner side that City are huge favorites over. So yeah. it will be interesting to watch. We do have the Champions of England crown, and congrats to Newcastle. Yes. They are in the Champions League for next year, basically a year ahead of schedule with the rebuild there. Yeah, you've got Newcastle a year ahead of schedule. You've got Arsenal, who are a couple of years ahead of schedule because – this year was the year that you wanted to jump into that top four, actually nail down a spot, right, as opposed to what happened at the end of last year. And instead, Arsenal were well confirmed in the top four. Like, we knew this months ago. Like, yeah, they're going to finish with Champions League. It was just a, a title fight that, that they were on about. So you've got Arsenal that are ahead of schedule in a different way, Newcastle that are ahead of schedule. And I wouldn't know that you'd say they're ahead of schedule, but considering where they were early season – Man United deserves some plaudits as well for what they've yeah, done. Yeah, they, they look like that they're definitely in the right direction. You'd rather have yeah. the— When you think of teams that are going to challenge City next year and over the next two or three years, United have got to be in the conversation with yeah. what they've done. And and I think that like United are always going to have that pool because it's Manchester United, but having a clear vision of, look, this club backed Ten Hag, they know how they want to play, I, I, and then— it just makes the recruitment that much easier, with, both with finances and when Tin Hog can say, look at the belief in this project. I've got us to Champions League. Come join this summer. I think that'll be really fun. I think Liverpool, the way that they closed the year, I know that they finished just a match week short, basically. But we, I, I talked this with Matt on Saturday, but we had talked about Liverpool and Chelsea and Spurs, the teams that were kind of underperforming where they wanted to be. And of those three, the whole time I felt best about Liverpool because that one to me was – not structural. It was just like, hey, they were banged up so much all season long. It felt like they could never find a stride. They found themselves in that comeback draw against Arsenal, and now Liverpool look like they're going to be back to being the Liverpool we've been accustomed to the last couple of years. I know we say this a lot, but could shape up to be a really, really fun year right, next year. Right. But then we say that, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of, and I know I don't want to be sounding like I'm, you know, pat myself on the back as a city fan but reminds me a little bit of college softball right now where two through 25 has gotten much more competitive but number one seems to be widening the gap well and and where city are at right now like it doesn't feel like anytime soon they're going to be knocked off the perch and for all the things city have done they haven't won a champions league if you can tick that box this year the next thing that no one has done is win four straight premier leagues Mm -hmm. and city would have a chance to do that next year at that point like i I hate saying this, but I don't know what would be left for Pep to do. Yeah, at City. Well, this other is, than turn it over to someone in really good shape. Well, th- this is City fans are already talking about who the next manager is going to be. Right, that's the topic today on Twitter. So this is a conversation that me and some friends had at the start of this year, where basically it was almost like a, and they were Chelsea fans. So we were saying, hey, when when Chelsea won the Champions League over City, obviously we'd rather do that. Duh. But it was almost to the point of, like, look, City are going to win one of these eventually. If they just get it done now, maybe Pep is good. Maybe right, Pep's right. happy to— Maybe this will be a mercy yeah, killing. exactly. It's just one of those things of just, like, hey— Take one for the rest of the league. It's been great banter for everybody to still hold that over City, but wouldn't it be better if, like, Pep's just not there? <laughs> yeah. No, I could see that for sure. Um, hey, Ryan, I want to I want to switch topics real quick. Uh, have you followed—because, to be honest with you, I hadn't heard much about it until over the weekend— the soccer tournament that's going on? Uh, the 7-on-7? Seven seven? Yes. I, it actually just got brought to my attention like two days ago. Yeah. How and, great is this? And I think, first off, it's awesome. And I want to talk about one specific group that is – we're on the podcast, right? 
Mm-hmm. Batshit insane how this group <laughs> is set up. <laughs> okay, so the way this works is there are 32 teams. Think the basketball tournament where it's, you know, a million dollars to the winning team and zero to second place. One team gets paid on this deal. There are 32 teams. It's a completely open event. Um, teams have been put together like there's a team of ex-Borussia Dortmund players. There's a team of ex-West Ham players. There are teams who are uh, tied to, like, Hapoel Tel Aviv has a team. Um, there are teams who are from cities. Like, for example, there's a team called Dallas United that are ex-players in Dallas. Clint Dempsey has his own team. Hashtag United, if you're familiar, yeah. have a team in this as well. Um, Wrexham have a team that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney have put together. Charlotte FC representing the MLS. And then also the U.S. women have a team I was going to say, well. so let's go down Group E because this is the group that I want to talk about. So Group E has Wrexham's representation. Okay, mm-hmm. Group E has the U.S. women that have yep. representation. Group E has Como 1907, which you might go, is that like Lake Como? Yeah. Okay, Ryan, why are you interested in this? It's Serie B. Do you know who the captain of that team is? Say Fabregas. It's Fabregas. And my understanding is it's some of the actual current players yes. from Serie B that are coming to play in yes. this thing. And then they've got this club called Say Word FC that if you've done some looking into it, it's in the Greenville area, and they're really tied in with HBCUs and underserved un- communities. And and so great cause, a great representation. That's all in one group of this bad yeah. boy. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's going to be fun, and it's World Cup style, 32 teams, uh, eight groups of four, 16-team knockout. The rules also, kind of like the basketball tournament, has the Elam ending. So they have two 20-minute halves. It's seven-on-seven seven on smaller fields. I don't know if it's going to be indoor or outdoor on smaller fields. Right. Um, I read no throw-in, so that leads me to believe it's going to be an indoor thing. Yeah. Right, that there'll be some walls set up or something. But seven-on-seven, um, seven, 20-minute halves. Let's say at the end of those two, no offside. As right. well, let's say at the end of those halves, the score is five to two. I'm ahead of you. At the end of those halves, the score is five to two. It goes untimed, and the target score is six. Yeah. So just like in the basketball, a team can come from behind and win, and every match ends on a goal. Right. Like it's goal, a golden goal at some exactly. point for, for exactly. one team. That'll be. Two. It seems interesting. It should be a ton of fun. And it's gonna be on. Uh, I Peacock. think NB- NBC, NBC and, and Peacock. Peacock are gonna have it, and then. CNBC is going to air the championship match. Yeah, June 1 through 4, so something that'll uh, just kind of wet that beak into June. We'll have all of the summer tours really popping off in July. Uh, that should be a ton of fun. I didn't know a ton about it until the NBC, Peacock, CNBC um, announcement. And mm-hmm. I, looking at it, I'm just Wolves like, have a team yeah, as well. I was like, this just feels like fun, like a ton of fun. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – It'll be nice. Dear God, I hope Diego Costa's leading the line to be for the on- <laughs> To be honest with you, I wish they would have done it a little bit later in the summer. Yeah. Kind of during that downtime. But I would have loved um, for it to not fall during the Women's College World Series. Yes, that would have been great yes, for Ryan. Exactly. For just as far as uh, my work schedule. Just looking at some of the names, like Stephen Hunt is playing for Wolves. Yeah. You remember him? He was in the famous everyone sit down and he was telling them yes, off celebration. Yes, yes. Uh, Stephen Hunt is playing for Wolves. Um uh, Leon Clark is playing for Wolves, a former forward, if you remember back in the day. Uh, also, there was another name I saw. Who was it that's playing for? Oh, uh, Bakary Sacco that played for Crystal Palace a little bit is playing on the Wolves Yeah, team. yeah. So, yeah, there's some there's some actual big names in this, including, as I mentioned, Clint Dempsey has a team. 
So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Maybe this is something that gets a different type of soccer fan into the game, and maybe this is the conduit that gets them into the much larger 11-on-11 on a grass field type of game. Well, and when you get into the indoor futsal, you get the – By the way, here's the U.S. women's team. Have you seen it? I haven't seen – Heather O'Reilly. Hell yeah. Okay. Lori Lawson. Okay. Stephanie McCaffrey. Okay. Christine uh, Heavey. Cat Whitehill. Wendy Palladino. Um, Casey White. Lori Lindsay. All, these are all people who have caps. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Heyo, the biggest name there. But, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of big names on this thing. No, it, it's going to be a ton of fun. And you, we get into the – there's this weird splintering of, like, you've got the futsal. You've got the techers, right, that are yep. that are just skills – uh, specialist as opposed to like actually playing the games. So by I, the way, Michelle Akers is the GM of that team. Oh hell well. yeah! Some of the greatest hair in the history of yes, soccer. A hundred percent. So that should be a ton of fun. I, I'm really excited for it. It's just something to pop on for a couple of days and, and something different. Like you, yeah. Said. That's a little left turn, but I knew that you had probably no, seen that as well, and I thought uh, it was interesting. Something that should be a ton of fun. A ton of fun indeed. I'm going to take us on a totally different turn real quick. This is not a fun turn, but this is something to monitor. Uh, Do you see what happened in Spain over the weekend? Yes, with Vinicius Jr., yes. Yeah, and so if if you're not in the loop, Vinicius Jr., incredible player for Real Madrid. He's been on full display, Champions League, all that stuff. He also is a very common target for racial abuse in Spain, and it happened again this weekend. Real Madrid came out firing. Carlo Ancelotti had a very strong statement in the press conference of a journalist tried to ask, well, it sounds like this, but I think they were actually saying this, and Ancelotti immediately shut it down and said, no, that's not what was being said. We heard it, all that stuff. But Vinicius Jr. may be at a crossroads because he's kind of been vocal about this may be uh, enough is enough, the final straw. He may want to leave Spain, not because of Real Madrid or anything, but just he's – tired of this and and is potentially maybe on the yeah. move so that'll be something Here to was, monitor here's what Vinny jr's tweet was on sunday after this happened it wasn't the first time nor the second nor the third racism is normal in la liga the competition thinks it's normal the federation does too and the opponents encourage it i'm sorry the championship that once belonged to ronaldinho ronaldo cristiano and messi today belongs to racists a beautiful nation which welcomed me and which i love which agreed to export the image of a racist country to the world. I'm sorry for the Spaniards who don't agree, but today in Brazil, Spain is known as a country of racists. And unfortunately for everything that happens each week, I have no defense. I agree. But I'm strong and I will go to the end against racists, even if far from here. That's kind of a rough translation of his tweet. I thought, honestly, very well put by Vinny Jr. I don't know if he wrote that or someone wrote it for him. It doesn't really matter. Right. I think the point got across and... It was good to see. I saw uh, seven people have been arrested yeah. and charged over the racial abuse of him. Just another ugly scene. And, um, you know, I mean, we obviously are huge Premier League fans. We follow it more than any other league in the world. It's right now the Bundesliga feels a little bit down. Bayern don't seem near as dominant as they've been. And neither do kind of the second and third teams in the Bundesliga. La Liga right now with all the stuff Barcelona's going through off the field and with this going on as well, it really feels like it's – I remember a time, and you probably do as well, where all three of those leagues were very interesting. Yes. And they're not anymore. The only one that's been interesting this year in my mind has been on the pitch has been the Premier League. Yeah. Like right now the other big thing, Juventus get their 10-point yeah. – 
it's uh, like penalty put back in. Syria has been interesting only because it's, it's been a dumpster not, fire. It's not been Juventus and Napoli have been like whether Juve's behind us or not, we are firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. But they dominated that league, so um, it's I'm not there every day. It seems like Real Madrid has come out and supported Vinny wholeheartedly every time it's happened. But I think part of the frustration for Vinny is that it, it hasn't made a difference. It's continuing to happen, right? And so uh, I hope that Syria is able to – or La Liga, excuse me, is able to – both. Syria has these issues too. It is able to find a way to actually bring the hammer down on these fans and, and figure out a way to stop it. But one of the weird offshoot consequences could be that a guy that – you would have considered to be a Real Madrid lifer may have to be on the move if he doesn't feel comfortable. Yeah, a guy who, especially after the goal he scored against City in the first leg, a lot of people were saying, hey, should we mention him in the same conversation as the Erling Hollands, as the Leo Messis of the world, of the Mbappes? Should Vinny Jr.'s name be there too with Neymar? Right. Um, That would be a huge loss in in what looks like to be the beginning of the prime of his career. Yeah. To lose it over something that stupid off the pitch, it's got to be something. And you know, La Liga is very much as a um, as an organization, they have a lot of power over who teams sign and don't sign. And I got to think La Liga's got to go, hey, we cannot as a league afford to lose this guy. Forget Real Madrid as a club. As right. a league, we need guys like this in our league, which currently sees Barca going through what they're going through. Had the ugly scenes, you know, you guys might have talked about it, where the Espanol fans went yeah, on to the pitch to attack like, Barca when they're celebrating. Yeah, just the the screw you, we're rivals, yeah, we're going to exactly. run you off our own pitch. Which exactly. Is- and listen, I, I, appreciate the, I appreciate how passionate those fan bases are, but there's a lot of stuff that goes over the line, and it's 2023 with social media, with all the cameras we have in stadiums. People like this need to be punished. Yeah, Ch- Chisholm says this a lot. There is a line, and we all know what it is. It's really easy. It's really clear-cut. Pitch invasions to run an opposing team off, no matter if they're as hated, not okay. Well, it's like the it's, it's slurs like the, and abuse. Yeah. Well, it's like the Supreme Court ruling on pornography. Right. What is pornography? You know when you, you see it. You know when you see it. Right? There's there's a lot of stuff that you just should know as a human being, forget as a fan, not to do those things. Yeah. And so, selfishly, would, would love to see Vinny playing in the Premier League, but really, I hope that he's able to stay at Real Madrid because, I, for me, that would show that either Real Madrid or La Liga or both are able to make some real change. Right. And that that's what I care about the most. And I just think that it's an awful, awful situation, but it deserves to be talked about because of how awful it is. And, sure. And you can't just run away from the uncomfortable things and pretend they don't happen. That, that's how things continue to fester. That's not how things change. We do have, even though City have wrapped up the Premier League, we have some big matches coming up this weekend. Um you know, for the finale, the final weekend on on Sunday. Uh, we will obviously talk about it on Saturday, the day before, yeah. and we'll get into some of these. But before we meet up on Saturday, Man United have a chance tomorrow. They just need a point to secure Champions League for next year. Uh, currently three points ahead of Liverpool with a game in hand. Liverpool need to win. United need to lose their last two for Liverpool to sneak into that last spot. Um, also kind of worth watching when it comes to and we'll get to relegation eventually because that's the big thing. But also, uh, Aston Villa have a chance to get into European soccer over Tottenham, which, you know, they basically just have to match Tottenham's result, and Aston Villa at least qualify for the Conference League. 
uh, which would be a huge season for Aston Villa. They can't they can't get up into the next spot. They would need right. Brighton to basically lose 16 in goal difference. Over yeah. They would need City to hang 10 on them, which I guess which is not crazy. It, it but could probably happen, won't happen, but probably won't happen. And then the big one is down at the bottom at the table. Uh, Southampton already relegated. Were a couple weeks ago. Leeds United, on the Leicester on forty on thirty one points. Everton on thirty three points. Nottingham Forest are safe with their win over Arsenal. So Everton, Leicester, Leeds, two of them are going to be relegated. If Everton goes out and wins on Sunday, that's job done. Yeah, Leicester and Leeds are relegated. Uh, Leicester and or Leeds need to win and hope Everton lose, um, because even in the situation of a draw, uh, well, let me rephrase that. Leicester needs Everton to draw or lose. Leicester does have better goal difference. Leeds needs Everton to lose, and they need to win. So right now, as it stands, it looks like the three going down are going to be the three at the bottom in Leicester, Leeds, and Southampton. I kind of expect Everton to go out and get the performance. That should be one of the bigger matches to watch a club with so much history as Everton has who haven't been relegated, I think, since like 1920-something. Uh, one of, one of the last time they weren't in the top division. Yeah, one of the weird quirks, we'll talk about this, is that Everton, Leeds, and Leicester are all at home right, on Sunday. Right. Everton have Bournemouth. So two sets of fans are going to be there yeah. after relegation, and one set of fans are going to be celebrating staying up. Yeah, Everton have Bournemouth, who are on a beach. Leeds have Spurs, who... Should have, have some interest. Should have some interest, knows? but it looks, it, they looked very much on a beach last time we saw them. And Leicester are taking on West Ham, which the big question there will be West Ham are safe. Are they treating this as a big tune-up or not? What, what's going on? Yeah, it's it's going to be fun to watch this weekend for sure. I'm looking forward to it. The final day is always exciting. It's more exciting when we have a title race like we did last year. Obviously not having that's not going to be as exciting. But um, I've got a buddy who's an Evertonian, so I'm, I'm pulling for them. Our friend Roger Bennett from Men and Blazers. Yes. He's either going to have the saddest or the happiest reaction ever on Sunday. I'm looking forward to that on social media as well. I I was happy that late goal that Everton got. We got the typical Raj video. We also got his kid wailing and yeah, screaming in the yeah. background as well, which yeah. was kind of cool to see. Hey, did you uh, – you mentioned Tottenham are in eighth, so they can get to seventh and qualify for the Conference League. Yeah. Do you think Tottenham go out and try to lose on purpose? They I'm dead sh- serious. No, like – I Because that means a ton more for Villa than it does for Spurs. Yeah. I, unless it's a financial kicker and that – being in the conference league is so financially important to your summer plans to make signings, which I don't think it is. Frankly, for the big six plus Newcastle, I don't think conference league money outweighs just what they can right, do on their right. own. Then no, like I would rather not play in the conference Put out league. A second side, especially when you have it'd be different if you were in year three or four of a manager where this is less. We're setting a system more like yes, get everybody time, all that stuff. I I just don't think that's an issue. Like Spurs. Chelsea are in that boat of like, yeah, I would rather just not play any midweek than play conference league. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I kind of think if you're Spurs, you if you're a Spurs fan, you kind of secretly hope you lose yeah. this yeah. weekend. And, uh, I Which, if that's what you've been hoping all year, you'd have had a happy season. Yeah, yeah. You would have you been. You'd <laughs> that's be like, what you got as a Chelsea yeah, fan, right? Like, I, don't, I don't get why everyone's so mad. To, all I the talked time. to you on Monday and you were like, we didn't get battered. Yes. <laughs> it, <laughs> what, a, what a match. It it wasn't the seven it could have been. If it, <laughs> My biggest fear going to that one is that Arsenal win and then City. Like City were Let's going to beat Chelsea, yeah. and then it was going to turn into Chelsea did this to Wigan, where they put like yeah. seven past them, and it was just an all-time embarrassment. I was just looking to avoid that. Two real quick things, and I know we're running a little over on the time we were going to allot, but number one, 
Um, I'm going to let you say something about this, and I would be interested to see if people want to email us uh, or send us a message on Twitter or a DM on Twitter is probably the best way to get us. What do you make of everyone having the story ready to go that City have 115 charges looming over their head and this season should have an asterisk? Yeah, I think that it's monumentally stupid because these, first off, the UEFA charges had been there for a while. Then these charges are basically filtering the UEFA charges that were knocked out of CAS, the, the Court of Arbitration of Sport, and brought to the Premier League. So if if there was one journalist that was beating the drum every single match week of UEFA have this or uh, City have this many charges with the Premier League, City have this many charges with the Premier League, credit to that person for covering it all year long. Anyone else that decided to just roll it out when City won a trophy, it just feels like the biggest, like, what about is. I'm like, is it a thing that's happening? Yes. But if you didn't have the energy to talk about it from every single match week since the moment it happened, then the only reason you're bringing it out right now is because you want clicks. Because we have no new information today right. than we had when it was announced by the Premier League. So okay, next that question. So that I wanted to ask you that specifically as someone who doesn't support City because I'm obviously biased on yeah. that. But as someone who does support Chelsea, how did you feel about watching your club do a guard of honor? Did that bother you? It That's never bothered me. Would it me. have bothered you if it were more of a rival? Uh, I would not have liked to do it for Arsenal. Okay, that's kind of what I was wondering. But it, this is where I've seen us get enough guards of honor that I'm just like, yeah, that's what happens when you win. Well, yeah, I remember, you know, I don't think much of it, even when City get one. Yeah. I think that's cool, whatever. But there was a year, a few years back, where City ended up losing to United, and they could have clinched it against United. But a couple weeks before that, there was a scenario where United, United would have had to give them the guard of honor, yeah, which would have been great, right? I mean, that would have been the all-time. It, it's one of those things that I guess my view on it is like, does it feel more grimy when it's a rival? Yeah. I feel worse about I – I would feel worse about losing that FA Cup to Arsenal in Project Restart than I would giving Arsenal a guard of honor because, right. hey, if you don't want to give the guard of honor, win the league. You sure. know what I mean? Like sure. that, that, That's never really bothered me. I'm just like – if you don't want to give it, do something about it. And last one, I don't know if you saw this or not, but did you see Pep Guardiola's comments on Deserby? This uh, would have been no. This would have been on. Did this come uh, when the, like the top six managers of the year? No, came this out? was actually this morning oh, as we're recording okay, so this. I feel better about okay, not yeah. seeing this as we're recording this this morning. Uh, Pep Guardiola said about uh, Roberto Deserby, who is the manager of Brighton. Roberto is one of the most influential managers in the last 20 years, said Guardiola. He says, I had a feeling when he arrived, the impact he would have in the Premier League would be great. I didn't expect him to do it in this short space of time. He creates 20 or 25 chances per game better by far than most opponents. He monopolizes the ball in a way that hasn't been for a long time. They deserve completely the success that they have. He says uh, he changed the cuisine. What Brighton are doing is also very unique. So Guardiola with very high praise of Roberto De Zerbi. Uh, he goes on to say, if you don't play at a high level, he can do whatever he wants against you. They're one of the teams I try to learn a lot from. I mean, you can't get much higher praise than that yeah. from someone who just clinched his third Premier League title. And I know we have uh, a couple of people. I know the Queso is a Brighton fan, a newfound Brighton fan. As we talked about, they're going to get more fans coming over to the States this year 100%. on the summer tour. And that's obviously something for them to be excited about. Yeah, and that's... Pep has a habit of, of lifting up people he's about to play, and then if he beats them, he lifts them up even more. Right. But that's like above that's and beyond where that's we, above and, and beyond the typical Pep having but, nice and things. And that's to say also about. where we've talked about Pep is 
opposite of Mourinho, but also very much the same yeah, in so many ways. Because Mourinho does the same thing. It's like uh, they they just they dressed up a little bit differently, but they both right, have that cheekiness right. to them. Pep has the positive, turn the other cheek, and I'll get my jabs in. Jose is like, I will fight you and give you the black right, guy right, right now, yeah. and then I will throw sand in your face. Pep if you does don't it back with it like a smile and a laugh, and Mourinho just glares <laughs> at you. But they give the same message. Yes, basically. they do. They do indeed. That's Todd Lizabee. I'm Ryan. Uh, last thing, very last thing, OklahomaCityFC.com. Yes. Go support our sponsors, Oklahoma City FC. They are about to get going. June 3rd is the first match of the season, so go support them. Check out the whole schedule there. Uh, the home schedule, again, it starts June 3rd, 7 p.m. at Mustang High School. Uh, they take on DKSC. They take on them bad top, in the first match. Who were, who were yep, in DKSC the, uh, bad top. Did they make it? Uh, my Last summer, they were in the, the final four of, right. of the right. – uh, the league tournament. And then home games uh, in on June the 17th and June the 21st, final home match on July the 8th. So four matches at home, eight matches total. Go support Oklahoma City FC, a great organization, obviously one of our friends and a sponsor here of the soccer show. And we'll have more info about them as that season gets rolling. But until next time, uh, we'll talk to you guys 10 to 11, our normal slot Saturday morning. Enjoy it, and we will set up a huge, huge, huge final Sunday in the Premier League when we talk to you guys next. We'll see you.